This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at MedEdMedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to The Short Coat, a podcast of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. With me in the studio recording and being live streamed to our Facebook group, The Short Coat Podcast Student Lounge, is M3 Emma Barr. Hello. We have M3 Annie Rempel. Yes. And then joining us in the form of ones and zeros is Nicole Hines. Hi. And Maddie Walleen. Hi. And uh, Maddie, you're about to take step one tomorrow, so you're you're that's why you're away because you were just, you were studying in in Rochester where you I was. Family. I'm very excited to to get it done. I'm excited for you. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be swell. As we record this episode, is match day. Ooh, yes. None of you are matching. Just you know, <laughs> not not right now. But it's a big day. And I thought we would talk about that. We've got some match day stats to talk about, and uh, so we'll get to that. But first, I want to say today's episode is sponsored by Panacea Financial, a division of Sonabank member FDIC. Panacea is banking for medical students and doctors. I'll tell you more about them and their match day giveaway of $500 to medical students entering the 2021 match later on in the show. So yeah, match day. Monday this week, our seniors found out if they matched, yes or no. Uh, if they did, they then had to wait until today to find out where they matched. If they didn't, they had to go through the Supplemental Offer and Acceptance Program, or SOAP. The regular match day on Monday, whether or not you get matched, it's all determined by a computer algorithm that tries to match applicants with their programs in the best possible way. So the the programs and applicants who favor each other the most. And then SOAP involves several rounds of programs reviewing applicants who didn't match in that first round and making offers. And the hope is that everyone in the end obtains a match. This year, there was the fear that there was uh, going to be a lot of issues associated with people over-applying because it was very cheap and extremely easy to do that in this virtual interview process we had to go through. And the other fear was that programs who want to hire the absolute best applicants, and I'm put, putting quotes around that because... Well, best means different things to different people, but they would end up interviewing the same small group of people who look great on paper, and that would result in many open positions at the end of the match. I can tell you that here, it didn't affect our match rate uh, very much, if if at all. We got results hmm. comparable to 2020. There were some anomalies. Before that, we knew that there were some anomalies in that people, some people had only one interview Mm-hmm. which is nerve-wracking. Oh gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I mean there were a few people who got a bunch of interviews. I don't think I'll well, I don't think we'll have national stats on on how that played out and for a while if ever. Because uh, I don't know how you would I don't know how the NRMP would get that information from programs like how many people did you who did you interview? How many people? I don't know that they collect that sort of like data. on an individual yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, But as for match itself, what are the national stats? Uh, The National Residency Matching Program just released the 2021 aggregate data. We've only had a few minutes to look it over. I thought we'd talk about it a little bit. The total number of active applicants was up by, looks like, uh, somewhere approaching 2,500 people to 42,508. The number of first-year positions was up by a little less than 1,000. And then the total number of PGY2 second-year positions 
was down by, it looks like, about 300. The overall positions filled compared to last year. Last year, the overall positions filled 94.6%. This year, 94.9%. So that seemed to go pretty well. But the uh, first-year match rate for MDs was down uh, by about, it looks like, a little more than, a little less than a percent. And the US M the USDO match rate was down by 0.4%. So there was some effect, it looks like. Wait, what was the MD down by? Almost a percent, 0.9%. Uh, how many, like, students would that be? What do I, you know what? I'm bad at math. It I'm was all I could do. <laughs> it was all I could do to parse this friggin' match data. <laughs> I'm sure it's in these tables somewhere. It's okay. I know that the total number of active applicants, well, no. See, what I don't know is the number of MD applicants, for instance. The so USMD seniors submitting program choices is that the applicant number? Yeah, there were Nine, just under twenty thousand. Yeah, nineteen eight eighty eight sixty six. Okay, it's here. It's here in all these pieces of paper. So if MD was down a little bit and DO was down a little bit, does that mean like there was less people matching, or does that mean that more like international medical graduates? I match? was not able to find. Well, for instance, the non-US IMG match rate was down. Oh, so they're all down. But I wasn't able to find in the stats immediately the U.S. IMG match rate. So whether or not that went up, I don't mm -hmm. know. But the, but the non-U.S. IMG match rate was down significantly. 61.1% last year, 54.8% this year. So that's down quite a bit. And the couples match rate was down 2.2%, um, looks like. So all kinds of changes one of my friends really hates the idea of the whole match process and so last night she was saying that she's going to apply to one program this is totally joke but she's going to apply to one <laughs> one program in a very competitive field and write her personal statement about totally something else so that she doesn't match and she can do the soap process and have more con she thinks she'll have more control over where she goes I don't really know that. I that feel has more strongly. Control. Who is? What's your friend's name? <laughs> don't tell me your don't friend's name. Let's, let's say. Let's say that her name is is Jessica. Uh, <laughs> Jessica, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a good strategy. <laughs> it's hard though. You 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 have you feel like you have no control over the yeah. over the match. And then I guess maybe you would feel like you'd have controlled in soap, but you really don't. Yeah, because isn't it still kind of a match type thing? It's It sort of is that, yeah. Oh, wait, no. You can get multiple offers from soap, can't you? That's a good question. I don't know, actually. Um, I don't know either. That's a good question. I feel like, though, there are rounds uh -huh. of offers. Oh, okay. So it's not all one round. There are, I think, six, to, six or eight rounds huh. um, of offers, and my guess is that... And six to eight over the course of four days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, this year, of course, as seems to happen every year, the SOAP website crashed for like the first day and they had to, so programs didn't get to see applicant data. Actually, it was, it was crazy because the applicants were unable to enter their data into the SOAP mm. system like all day long. They kept trying mm. and then the information they entered would disappear or the website would go down or it, so a day long process of terrorizing these poor people already who stressed. are already did, stressed out. Yeah. Did they end up extending it past what was it like 4 p.m.? Yeah, they did. So they were going to they were going to open it at 4 p.m. And then ultimately they were like, no, nah, just kidding. We're going to we're going to do it tomorrow at 8 a.m. So it ended oh, up wow. opening in. And then for the rest of the week, it seemed to go OK. <laughs> but man, soap. 
Yeah. Um, something for the the friend. Might Jessica. Jessica. I think it's her name. <laughs> Jessica. Sorry, I forgot. Jessica's I hope name. there's not a Jessica in our class. <laughs> I can't remember. Specialties with thirty positions or more that filled less than fifty percent of with a U.S. seniors were pathology and surgery. So you know, Wait, can... Jessica's looking for a place that there's extra spots potentially. I don't know if that's the oh, same every mm. year. Oh, okay. Huh. There's something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I saw that stat too. Well, this this person clearly rolled out pathology after going to the state medical examiner's office where we did autopsies. So surgery, maybe <laughs> ruled out pathology. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching like crime type shows. I watched NCIS for a day this week and it did cross <laughs> my mind. Being a medical examiner could be kind of fun. Yeah. Well, OK, so just some background. I did the pathology externship that our school offers, which is why I'm an M3 now. And I'm I, so I you'd should be matching. Have, I would have matched this year, but I, I pushed things back a year. So I was just outside with all the matching people and it was very exciting. But back to pathology, I did a lot of autopsy work oh. and forensic pathology during the year. And it was I mean, some people are probably not as into it as others, but I, I was fascinated by it. And I feel like almost every medical student should should have the opportunity to I've to be a part of that for for at least a day. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. I've said it before. I think pathology is a, is a sleeper. It's a good specialty. I think it's a great specialty. Good lifestyle specialty, mm-hmm. too, I mm-hmm. think. For sure. What other stats did I glean? Top specialties with unfilled positions. Oh, yeah. Surgery. No, sorry. Wrong column. What? <laughs> What's going on here? This is hard to read on a phone. It is hard to read. I, I did try to. Re- okay. It's a lot. <laughs> top specialties with unfilled positions. Surgery was at the top, followed by family medicine, internal medicine, PGY1. That's first year. And then internal medicine, I guess, categorical. So those were the top four unfilled position specialty. That doesn't seem surprising. It seems like family med and internal med have like the most spots in general, right? Yeah. And then top specialties for USMDs to match into. Internal medicine is the top one. Emergency medicine, peds, family medicine, and psych. I don't think there's any surprises there. Last year was pretty similar, although anesthesia wasn't on the top five this year. And then top specialties for U.S. international medical graduates. More is internal medicine, family medicine, peds, psych, and emergency medicine. So again, no real surprises there, I guess. What are you going to do, Annie? What's your, what put you on the spot? You're going to do pathology? No, um, I'm planning to do emergency medicine, actually. All right. (laughs) But I learned a whole lot during a year of pathology. That's for sure. What about you, Emma? I'm thinking OBGYN, which I saw that there's only three unmatched spots this year, which seems small, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) All right. All right. OB is good. It's a busy specialty. People always having babies. The rate of births actually like declined recently. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sperm count has gone down. My God, sper- I keep keep reading about the sperm count crisis in America. Is that a real thing? What? I have never read about What's this. your source? Yeah, I can't say that I've seen that who's, literature. Who's paying attention to this? You, Dave. I, look, I don't. I'm, I'm I, at my age. I'm happy for that to go away. <laughs> I've got I've got kids. Don't need any more. Look, we got to look it up. Somebody look it up. I was just going to say, according to this article from The Guardian, falling sperm counts threaten human survival, expert warns. Yeah. You go too low. So uh, can't replace, the you can't replace the sperm count crisis is a thing. Yeah. See, I told you. <laughs> I, I was surprised. Let's see. So we're a year into this COVID thing. I'm still surprised that there weren't there wasn't a COVID boom, uh, COVID boom, COVID baby boom. I, I would have sworn there would be. Uh huh. Um, Do you think people were like 
kind of scared of being pregnant during COVID, though. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But, but like, know. at the beginning, we didn't, like, everybody was like, oh, we're going to be shut down for two weeks. And That's then, like, true. a month. And then <laughs> turned into a year. <laughs> the longer it went on, like, the economic instability probably didn't make people comfortable. Stoked or, like, to have more mouths ex- to yeah, feed in the house. <laughs> optimistic about a future with a, a family that right. was mm-hmm. supported by what they had. Uh, I'm not afraid of the, of the lowered sperm count. <laughs> I'm just not afraid. What can I do? can i do i can't do anything i can't affect <laughs> the birth rate why why the why? sperm oh. count is going down um, stress yeah mm-hmm. stress i don't know uh too many people swan blames everywhere chemicals found in plastics yeah. cosmetics pesticides air pollution chemicals water pollution hmm. chemicals we used to have this joke in my family just a little background my brother got leukemia when he was 17 mm-hmm. and my grandpa thought it was because we had a minivan with leather seats and before we would get into it in the summer we wouldn't roll the window downs and let it let it air out Uh, all those tannins or whatever yep those are to blame it's a theory i've never heard of i've never heard that theory but i can just see your grandpa being like those leather seats when i was we had cloth seats when i was a boy you didn't see our kids getting sick our sperm count was great (laughs) we had 10 kids yeah no problem we had 10 kids we were miserable that's what god wanted us to do uh that's great very quickly but not too quickly our sponsor for this episode our friends at panacea financial panacea financial was founded by two young doctors because they found other banks' business practices were just not compatible with the physician lifestyle. Things like high interest rates, restrictive loan terms, flat-out rejections, and inconvenient access to customer service. So they built banking, especially for doctors and doctors in training. Panacea offers, for instance, PRN personal loans for medical students with fast decisions and funding in as little as 24 hours. No co-signers required with rates less than half that of a credit card. They also offer a totally free checking account with all ATM fees reimbursed across the country so you can take them with you from medical school into residency and beyond. Best of all, every customer at Panacea gets their own private banker supported by a concierge desk service 24 hours a day, seven days a week because they work doctor's hours, not banker's hours. Through their nonprofit arm also, and I love this, the Panacea Financial Foundation, they invest in doctors in training and are working to improve the leaky pipeline for underrepresented ethnic and racial minorities in the medical profession with scholarships and grant programs. And, uh, you know, if you guys were matching this year, you could take advantage of their match day giveaway. $500 will be awarded to five medical students entering the match in 2021. Entry is free. Students can enter their giveaway on their website until March 31st, 2021. Winners will be selected randomly on April 1st. No purchase necessary for entry. Go to panaceafinancial.com slash matchday to learn more. Panacea Financial is a division of Sonabank member FDIC. Um, I like that little slash you did with your hand, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> when you're saying the word. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a physical guy. Match day, you know what? Here's the thing. Match day is not a happy time for everyone. And, you know, like, part of me doesn't want to, part of me feels weird bringing this up because we all want match day to be a happy time. But not everybody matches. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we do pretty well nationally. Or we, we do pretty well compared to the national statistics, which is great. I just wish there was a better path for people who, who didn't match after soap. Mm. 
Like what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I guess the MD is a doctorate, so that's worth something in the job market. But I think the biggest problem is that few of the jobs in medicine offer the same earning potential and therefore the ability to pay off student loan debt quickly. Yeah. Or as quickly. Or ever. <laughs> I mean, gosh. Mm. I do kind of feel like, and I, again, I don't know what these, I don't know what the solution is. I do feel like, though, that med schools and the AAMC, somebody should really offer some path forward for graduates who don't end up matching after SOAP, in part because the system is kind of training several thousand people more than there are jobs. And I guess the, you know, I guess you could debate. Is that, I mean, is that on, do you think that's on us? I don't know about that part, but I think you just bringing this up is really, really important. Starting on Monday, there were immediately people tweeting about how they did have a position, but a lot of times in those tweets, they said, but for anybody who didn't match, like just a message of support mm-hmm. and like people for going, people going through the SOAP process and there will be people who in the end don't get positions. And I've seen people online who end up in that position and some of them feel like there's no future. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not. It, it really it, is something we need to work on. It's not. I mean, look, it's not true, but the future is a lot different than the one that was imagined and hoped for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a hard thing for MD programs to really think about because it sort of feels like, I mean, what would we be entitled to give those people? I guess, what about like something like a pathology externship or something? I mean, yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. if if you don't, yeah, absolutely. There, there are options. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, you can take a year and do. Like research. Research to to bolster your application. There are certainly other activities that you could do. I just, uh, yeah, it feels like a, it feels a bit like a delaying tactic though. And, and of course, I guess if you don't match right after soap, you know, it's not like, it's not time to give up because you can do it again next year. But you have to wait a whole year to do it. What are the rates for people who end up in that position matching successfully the second time around? I don't know. Anybody want to look that up? I'll try. It's not, I I don't think it's, I don't think it's high. Yeah, I think that contributes to the, just those feelings of there not being anything with all this work, there's no payout and Mm -hmm. everything that worked for it. It's not what the future holds when the, if the numbers are low. Could we just clarify? So for, for when you're soaping, you're often matching into just a different specialty than you applied into. You can do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but can. it's but it's not always. It's like if there are openings in OB right. or whatever you wanted to do. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, you can, and and you know, next year you may decide to, you know, if you're going to do it again, you may decide to go through a whole different program. You can go through the match as many. T- I mean, hmm. yeah, I know somebody who's this is their third year doing it. Like they match into a prelim spot in surgery, and then match into surgery, and then they decided they want to do family medicine, so then they reapplied for the third time. So, but they've matched into something every time. So. Yeah. 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 You can change your mind years later. And I, I, yeah. I know of at least one person that I know personally who, you know, years later decided to change from one, th- one thing to another. And, but as far as like, you know, people who didn't match, it's, it's tough. Anybody find a stat yet? No, I'm having trouble figuring out how to Google it. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. I don't know. Like, cause it, there's not much schools can offer, you know, we can't, we can't, for instance, I don't know that we could like say, okay, well, poof, you're a PA. I mean, that's, not how that works right do schools have support systems in place so that students have somebody to go to to lay out what their options are we do absolutely yeah i mean basically the i know the the registrar's office people and the and the deans are there for them like 
the entire soap week. And then obviously after that, I mean, there still are students, you know, like they're, if you didn't match in soap, you know, you're still here for several more weeks. That's also really difficult, by the way. Let's, let's just put that out there. It's also really difficult to be with your peers Mm -hmm. who matched for the next, you know, X number of months, two or three months. It's hard. I just wanted to, I wanted to acknowledge that. That's cool. I have a question. Did we, did you say, is there any data about how many programs people applied to? Like, did the application or did the number of programs people applied to go up this year because of COVID or is that? The number of total positions went up about 850. But like per person, like did people apply to more programs? Like that was what was um, expected because of, they wouldn't have to travel and stuff for interviews. But did, I was wondering if that actually happened. The number of USMD senior. I don't see applications here. I don't think that's something that is tracked. Okay. That's why I say I, th- I think it's going to take some time for some mm-hmm. of this information to to come out if it ever does at all because I... I don't think they track the number of, say, the number of applications that a, or the number of interviews that a particular program did. They, they know positions, number of positions that they have available. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there's like spreadsheets on like Reddit and stuff where people put in like their stats and then how many places they applied to. Yeah. And so you never know. You can never know if you can trust that, but I'm wondering if the next year it's going to get even more and more unless they put some limits on it. Yeah, I was I was kind of I'm not hoping, but I was kind of thinking that that if things didn't go well this year, then there would be some impetus to put some limits on what was Yeah. On what was possible. I don't know if that's going to happen because it kind of it kind of went better than <laughs> okay, expected. Yeah. I feel like if that's going to happen, it'll be per specialty. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they were yeah, already like, some some, yeah, some like, specialties were already moving towards. We talked about those token yeah. things yeah. for ENT, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what what token things? Yeah, that's right. Okay, right. This was preference signaling. Yeah. You can uh, apply to any number, and then you use these uh, preference signaling tokens yeah. to say, "Okay, I like you," and you could give four of your tokens to to. Uh, mm-hmm. this, it sounds kind of silly now, because <laughs> you had to buy them too, right? So that adds another. F- you, you could buy. buy them? You could buy more tokens. More, okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't remember that part. Yeah. buying more because that really does change it yeah mm-hmm. i could see a situation where i can't remember did if i talked about this on the last show i could see a situation where you limit the number of applications that a student can just apply to based on their step score huh. and the higher your step score the fewer applications you have because you're, oh, interesting. You know, yeah, that, yeah, and the lower your steps are, the more applications you can you can use. And then programs would be limited. In my fevered imagination, programs would be limited to X times the number of positions you have to fill. Yeah. Although I don't know I that mean, that, that would... makes sense for them anyways. Because why would they do extra work <laughs> of interviewing more? Right. People? I'm not. I, I think it's. I mean, that would that might be cosmetic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you're gonna limit one party, you gotta limit the other party. So I don't know. I don't have the solution. Clearly, I don't have the solution. Nobody's asked me for a solution. <laughs> Crucially, not but one keep person. Keep working is on it in case they do. Yes, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep cogitating because you never know. Somebody might come to me and say, "Dave, what are your thoughts about how we should fix this?" And I'll have something ready for them. You know, ready to give them. 
<laughs> I'm a giving person. Anyway, I, I guess I wanted to talk about soap and, and post-soap problems because i don't know i just love you guys and i want you all to be happy in whatever you're doing and i don't like looking around and seeing people that are unhappy and feel hopeless and and um just concerned about their futures and that's you know, odd because kind of you work in a medical school <laughs> yeah <laughs> about you guys but when i was applying to medical school i didn't really know anybody else applying the same time as me and so i think it'll be weird going through a match like with a bunch of people that i know and like and like want them to you know be happy so I hope that I don't have friends that don't match, <laughs> mm. but it happens. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I bet it's going to be, I, it's going to rebound next year, right? I don't know. We're still going to be, I, th- we're, I think we're still going to be doing a, some, some version of virtual interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Only because I think that genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. How much money were people paying per interview before? If you account all the travel expenses. I think, I don't know, but I think the average cost, the average amount people spent on their interviews in previous years was something like eight grand. So not an insignificant amount of money. And this year they definitely spent lots less. Spent more on ring lights and (laughs) and, and microphones than plants for their background. Plants, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that an actual thing? Like people who weren't plant people before We're getting them to decorate. Maybe. I Probably. <laughs> I, yeah. I need to figure out my, yeah, my desk setup situation. Yeah. Just, you know what? Set it up like mine. You do have a really you cool know? background. I, I, like, I, got things going. I like I put the a, typewriter. You know, a head in a jar over here. <laughs> uh, I got an Iowa. It's hard. You have some well, bacon. What are those things? Bacon. Yeah, bacon I was, was going to ask you about the soda you have. Oh, yeah, the bacon soda, right. Peanut yep. butter and jelly soda? That actually sounds kind of good. Yeah. I can't wait till we can take these masks off and start doing taste tests again. <laughs> oh. oh, that's right. Oh, wow. Forgot. Did you do a taste test? I did a taste test. Which one did you do? Mm, it was something you made. Oh, the, was the, it the Thanksgiving jello? Was it the <laughs> It was at the Thanksgiving Jello. Nope, Mm-mm. don't remember. I don't I was, remember. I was on the episode where you got like food from Mexico or something, uh-huh. candy, uh-huh. but I couldn't eat it, so that was sad. <laughs> she couldn't eat it because <laughs> of food allergies. Is yeah, that yeah. Aww. We we didn't know the ingredients exactly. <laughs> Plus, that was part of the game. So yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I feel really okay. nostalgic talking about that kind of candy now. I used to love going to this little shop in my hometown and getting these. They're like, they look like crayons and you turn the bottom. Crayons? They look like crayons. That's how I say crayons. it. Crayons. Crayons. Like what? How do you say it? Crayon? That's out. weird. <laughs> my mom always yelled at me for the way I don't enunciate words that end in like O-N or I-N. Where are you from? No, the way you said it sounds perfectly normal to me. Where are both of you from? I say cran too. Iowa? I'm from Washington State. Oh. Like the way I say mountain. My mom's like, it's mountain. Mountain. No, your way sounded better. Mountain. <laughs> Nobody mountain. talks like that. Nobody talks like that, mom. Mama Lucina. I do get a little self-conscious when I say words like mentor or mentor and like mm. Peyton or Peyton. I don't know which one it is. Oh, yeah. Do you often have to say, say Peyton? I had a friend named that once. <laughs> It's fine. Mm. I, I figure if you just say it fast enough. Rough, rough and root. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Root. Mm. root. Mi- milk. Root. Milk? Milk. Malt. <laughs> My brother used to say milk. Milk. Milk and milk. eggs. 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 I don't hear the difference between those. Like, everybody always says there's a difference and I cannot hear it. People uh. from, I hear people from Minnesota have a strong, have a strong accent. Do we? 
I don't know. You don't. I don't, I don't think that I do. No, oh, you're in Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah, I was envisioning I was, New York I was as well. Thinking New York. <laughs> I don't no, know why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But I mean, I'm pretty far south in Minnesota. I think the the further north you go, the stronger the accents get. Yeah, for sure. Well, I somebody leave. <laughs> we lost her. We lost her. Did we lose her? She was just done. <laughs> Cranes. Yeah, it was the crayons. <laughs> we insulted her and she left. Nicole. I'm here. I'm sorry. What did you do? The, um, the breaker tripped for the room. What? <laughs> Hedgehog oh, chewing on some wires. What are you doing in there? Uh, he has a space heater. Oh. <laughs> I'm so thankful that's never happened during an exam. It's worth it. Oh. Next year for your video interviews, you might want to... <laughs> Just what video interviews next year. You just might want to look into that. Yeah. I don't know. I was just outside. The vibe was good. I think it's. Of course it was good. We don't talk about the soap side of things, but it was fun being out there and like people were stoked and like <laughs> pulling up their family on Zoom and opening their envelopes uh. and there were flowers and balloons and like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like such a weird year and like there's so much to be like down about but it was just fun to be out in the sunshine in the courtyard mm-hmm. and like seeing friends but you know it's kind of interesting for me to watch yeah. from afar this like well you know what crazy we were, process but i mean you know what we were the, the staff was saying was that this is probably the most people that we've seen in murph in 12 <laughs> months yeah um, maybe with the exception of the white coat ceremony but we were yeah, back in august but even then, it was like very regimented. Very, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. No, nobody was allowed, like we had to bring them in in groups to the building. And, yeah. Yep. And yep. One of my one of my classmates shared a meme the other day where it was like it was like the Squidward looking out the window watching like SpongeBob and Patrick playing whatever, and it was like me from a classroom in Murph watching all the M4s celebrating <laughs> their match. And I was like, that's relatable. <laughs> yeah. Studying for my shelf exam while everybody's having a good time. So something yep. to look forward to. Yeah, that'll be us in <laughs> not so long from now. I think that we may match on Friday the 13th. It's, Sounds like good luck. I know. It will, <laughs> it's either that or we graduate on Friday the 13th. I can't remember. Either way. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of match day. How do I like jump ahead, like time travel, but still have the experience? Is that possible yet? Sure. I'll, figure that's an, I'll, I'll add that to my list of yeah, things yeah, to right. figure out for the world. <laughs> I got, like, I got, you know, post soap options and time travel. <laughs> That's a short list. You should be able to get it done. Right. Yeah. That's what I think. I just By the end of the like, weekend, I think, actually. thing that Hermione Granger has. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Look, I'm going to offer some advice to the future residents, to this class of 2021. Don't do what these guys in, God, it, what was the, what was the state? Anyway, Michigan, I, th- I think it was Michigan. I think it was Michigan. Yeah. yeah these residents apparently had their own, this group of residents apparently had their own Instagram channel and our Instagram, whatever you account? call it. Account? Account. Yeah, account. account. That's what it is. I was is. like, that doesn't sound right, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah. Their own Instagram account. And so they were posting images of them in the operating room and asking people to guess the weight of the organs that they were removing or something like that. The organ that they were removing. There was a patient there. There were actual, like, just removed organs. Something to do with a morselating contest. Morselating is, as I understand it, maybe you guys can, can clue me in, 
It's basically, this is how you extract a tissue from the body through a small incision. And so what you do is you go in there with a special tool and it sort of chews up the bit of the organ or the, the bit that you want to remove. And the whole goal of the contest, apparently, part of the goal of this particular contest was to remove the longest strip of morselated, of chewed up tissue that you could. So there was that was one. And the other one was asking people to guess the weight of the organ. Don't do this. Don't mm, take no. pictures in the operating room of patients that can't consent to that. Yeah. There's another detail here that made me really uncomfortable. Like... I think it's bad doing this with any organ, but these were OBGYN residents. Yeah. And so they were potentially working on women's reproductive organs and then doing this. Yeah, there, there's no there's no situation where this is acceptable, but this is extremely not acceptable because I think people are attached to their organs in general and women are probably especially attached yeah. to their reproductive organs. So don't do that. That's not good. It's just not worth the clicks. You know, like I, I am always happy to get clicks. But I do often have to think about, like, Dave, is, is this the right thing to, to make fun of? Is this the right thing to laugh at? Who knows? Maybe someday I will make a mistake. <laughs> Your first ever. On the show, yes. I don't, I mean, that, that couldn't, that, it's, it's unlikely. But something that I think is interesting from the past year is, like, the presence of residency programs on social yeah. media as, like, a way to recruit mm -hmm applicants in this weird time that's fine which is fun for me but i mm -hmm. feel like that just was a little well this was distasteful to be, to be clear this was the residents a group of residents had their own unofficial channel it wasn't the uh, program oh okay I, I mean that's good that's good yeah that's good <laughs> yeah but they for some reason had their own channel that they used as a group but to your point like i started following some residency programs and if you look at like their instagram page they have so much more information i feel like you can glean so much more from that than like going to their website so i feel like a lot of times the websites aren't like updated so mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's been helpful and hopefully going forward yeah think get, more just to it. get like a little vibe of yeah. the people and their characters mm -hmm. and yeah. Um, but probably not good if there are organs. In yeah. <laughs> yeah, no organs. No leave, organs. Your, leave your organs. <laughs> leave the organs alone. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys, that's our show. Nicole, Emma, Annie, Maddie, thanks for being on the show today with me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. And what kind of dork would I be if I didn't thank you, Short Coats, for making us a part of your week? Do you know what a dork is? I feel like it has a bad origin. I don't know how to ex describe it, but yes, I do know. <laughs> What do you mean you don't have? Isn't it? Isn't it like a a penis? What? <laughs> a dork like yeah, a nerd? I thought it had a weird bad like I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's where it comes from. I don't from? think I go around calling people that. Oh yeah. It's yeah. A, it's kind of old school. Oh. It's kind of. I old had school. no idea. <laughs> it was just an alternate form yeah. of another nickname for Richard. Uh, Beating around the bush. Yeah. <laughs> if you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are available. Our editors are AJ Chowdhury and Eric Bozart, and Alex Belzer is our marketing coordinator. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government. An ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Adios.